good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. So let's start off with the very positive daily numbers. Thailand logged 17,165 new cases over the previous 24 hours, the fewest since July 30th. Along with another 226 COVID-19 fatalities, the public ministry reported on Tuesday morning. There were 16,973 cases in the general population and 192 among prison inmates. On Monday, 20,059 COVID patients were discharged from hospital after recovering. So these numbers are definitely good news for us, and there seems to be some light at the end of this very depressing tunnel. Let's hope the numbers continue to go down, and we can start to get our lives back to normal very soon. Now to continue the story from the previous day, Patia tackles hurdles to reopening. Patia needs to overcome obstacles including slow approval of standard operating procedures, insufficient vaccinations and a spike in infections as they could jeopardise its reopening plan this year. Apichai Chalamakit, Deputy Governor of Digitalization Research and Development at the Tourism Authority of Thailand, said that the private sector already submitted SOPs to Chanbury Provincial Health Office and is waiting for approval. The authority is dealing with a surge in the new daily infections. Chanbury deemed a dark red zone saw daily infections exceed 1,000, while Bang Lamung and Satip district, which were set as a pilot area to reopen, reported 221 and 34 cases respectively. He said the province vaccination rate is far from the herd immunity level of 70%, currently sitting at 33% of its population. Patia's reopening plan cannot start without those conditions, Mr. Apichai said. The Patia Move On scheme requires tourists to stay in alternative local quarantine, which has 19 facilities in two districts, during the first six days before travelling under the sealed route programme from the seventh day. He said the length of stay in Patia was five to seven days prior to the outbreak, which is shorter than in Phuket. Tourists might not have to purchase tour packages in advance, but they have to use services from tourism operators who have received the Safety and Health Administration, SHA, plus certificate. More than 10 operators are waiting for TAT's approval of certificates. If operators fail to prevent tourists from sneaking to other places, their SHA certificates will be revoked. Prior to the pandemic, Patia ranked third in the country with 9.4 million international travellers, of which 2.72 million came from China, followed by Russia at 1.14. Anyway, we will uh, discuss this in the featured story of the day, but notwithstanding more rubbish and nonsense from the Tourism Authority of Thailand. Now next up, cops arrest at least 35 over clashes at Ding Dang. At least 35 protesters were arrested following a clash with riot police at Ding Dang intersection as anti-government protests resumed late afternoon on Sunday and Monday. Youth protesters on motorcycles who call themselves Mob Taglogaz or Mob That Goes Through Tear Gas began gathering at the intersection which has been the focus of rallies in the past weeks at 5pm. They threw ping pong bombs and firecrackers as they moved towards police who formed a security perimeter around the Royal Thai Army Band Department on Vipavadi Rangsit Road. Police halted their advance by firing tear gas, leading to a confrontation which left the road's outbound lanes, which led to the Sutisan area, impassable by motorists. To disperse the crowd, police deployed water cannons and began making arrests. 
At least 35 protesters were detained and their vehicles seized on Sunday. Around 6.15pm, police were finally able to contain the rally at Ding Deng intersection and push back against the protesters towards Victory Monument. At least 259 people have now been arrested between July and August and more than 500 will be prosecuted for their roles in the protests. It has been quite chaotic in Bangkok over the last few weeks and as we have said here on the show it would be great if they reframed from violence and protested in a peaceful way. I think they will have a lot more support if they did that but as a lot of people have also pointed out this seems to be very much a very very small minority that may only be there to fight but at the same time the police need to show some restraint when dealing with these protesters too. Now next up and the featured story of today, the CCSA to debate reopening plan. The government's plan to reopen the country before the end of the year is seemingly still on track as Thailand's COVID-19 outbreak is showing signs of slowing down. It will soon be considered by the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration. Considering this, the National Communicable Disease Committee, NCDC, will ask the CCSA to reconsider reopening some areas of the country in line with the pledge made in June by Prime Minister Prayut Chan-o-cha do so in 120 days. During a live TV broadcast to the nation on June 16th, General Prayut said his government planned to reopen the country within the next 120 days. The statement was made despite the risk of a rise in COVID-19 infections. Speaking after the committee meeting on Monday, Dr. Opus, Director General of the Department of Disease Control, said the committee agreed on four issues that will be presented to the CCSA for consideration. One of the issues involves preparing for a safe reopening of the country under disease control measures known as smart control and living with COVID-19, which aims to contain the pandemic so new cases will not overwhelm the public health system, he said. We will now have to learn to live with COVID-19 with the knowledge that COVID-19 will be an endemic disease confined to a particular country, Dr. Opus said. One key strategy involves vaccinating at-risk groups, such as the elderly and those with underlying health problems, developing new vaccines, taking preventative measures and precautions at all times, and stepping up the work of COVID-19 comprehensive response teams visiting communities, Dr. Opus said. Addressing questions about the details of the country's reopening plan, Dr. Opus said current lockdown measures will expire in August 31 and the government will make an assessment of whether to reopen then. It is hoped that from September until the end of the year and next year, we will allow activities to restart and people to resume their normal lives, he said. Based on the figures currently available, it has been agreed that the outbreak situation has reached its peak and will slow down. However, the situation will be monitored for another three to four days to make sure the signs will be positive, though there are still some vulnerable areas that must be strictly controlled before the lockdown measures can be eased. Asked if this means a reopening for the country or only some areas, Dr. Opus said the pledge made by the Prime Minister in June did not mean the whole country would reopen within 120 days. The reopening of Phuket under the Tourism Sandbox Scheme is a good example of where local infections detected after the launch of the programme can be brought under control and tourists can be allowed to visit the island province under strict disease control measures, Dr. Opus added. Now, before we talk about this story and other things, let's bring you back to exactly what the Prime Minister said on June 16th, as posted on the Embassy of Thailand's Washington DC website. The reason I'm using this as a source is because this is a governmental agency, as in it's under the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. 
end quote. Prime Minister Prayut Chanucha announced that Thailand is ready to reopen to foreign visitors in 120 days, calling the decision a calculated risk and acknowledging that containing the spread of COVID-19 had caused adverse effects on people and local business. He quoted, The time has now come for us to look ahead and set a date for when we can fully open our country and start receiving visitors, the Prime Minister said during a live television broadcast that evening. Now, I think we can clearly see they are trying to roll back the Prime Minister's words and the hope they had offered is now quickly disappearing. Now, some people will say that the National Communicable Disease Committee aren't the government and the final decision rests with the CCSA and government cabinet itself. But all signs point to Thailand not opening this year in the way that the Prime Minister presented. The Tourism Authority of Thailand has continued with their plans for sealed routes with Pattaya, Chiang Mai and Hua Hin, all slated to start in October. But these are sealed routes with mandatory quarantine still needed if you fly there direct. This is not what we were promised, nor is it anything that will alleviate the financial suffering of local people. So how exactly can the tourist industry be saved at this time? Over the last few weeks, we have discussed various topics in relation to Thailand, tourism, and when it may reopen fully to international tourism. We have all made predictions, ranging from October to as far as Songkran 2022. Indeed, I predicted December. However, the more I listen to Tat and this government, the more concerned I am becoming. Rumour coming out of Bangkok and surrounding areas is that they hope to have 70% of population vaccinated by November. Tat continues to push back tourist town reopenings from September to October to indefinitely, with talk only about sealed routes, ASQ hotel facilities, quarantines and of course sandboxes. Indeed, as I have said, just today the government are trying to roll back the promise of the Prime Minister yet again with phrases like some of the country and the PM didn't mean the whole country. Let's remind ourselves that the PM did say that, the full reopening of the country to international tourism. There is footage of him on TV saying it. These are scary times if you're in the hospitality business, hotel operators, restaurant, bars, travel agents, anybody connected to the hospitality industry are all getting very, very nervous. The loss of another high season will spell the end of many operators and the prediction of a million job losses in the hospitality industry may come to fruition. The Thai government seem to not have a grasp of what is at stake and the ramifications this will have on the Thai economy and its people for many, many years to come. The Tourism Authority of Thailand is clearly not fit for purpose anymore and an overhaul is badly needed. In my opinion, the focus for Thai tourism and its future needs to be sustainability coupled with common sense policies and a focus on the tourist itself. Over the last year, I have heard nothing but nonsensical and childish, unworkable ideas coming out of the TAT. Their focus is on the sealed routes and chasing the golden goose of more high-end tourists and less backpacker types and package holiday makers. But in a post-pandemic world, this is not a sustainable concept because, and let's be honest, Thailand is in no position to be picking and choosing who will be visiting these shores. High-end customers may spend more, but this will only benefit the high-end resorts, the high-end restaurants and the high-end bars. In other words, the rich. What about the local Thai person who owns a guest house, bed and breakfast or hostel? What about the three and four star hotel operator? There will always be a place in Thailand for the backpacker and this is a good thing. Backpackers really benefit the real local people as they tend to stay in more local areas, eat and drink more locally and try to immerse themselves more in the culture of the country. 
In my opinion, they benefit the Thai people a lot more than the high-end traveller, and all that is a good thing, and much needed. Package holiday makers are also a necessity. They fill hotels throughout this country and make Thailand affordable for Europeans to travel to. Imagine if TUI, the largest travel agent in the world, decided to cut its Thailand route. This would be devastating for Thailand and spell the end of the good old days and the 40 million arrivals. But the question is now, how the forthcoming high season can be saved and tourism in this country and all done in a safe way. There is one highlight of the Phuket Sandbox model, and that is we have learned that fully vaccinated international travels pose very little threat and danger, if any, to Thailand. As of today, 23,900 plus travellers have arrived in Phuket under the scheme, of which 91 tested positive for COVID. That's approximately a 0.4% rate of travellers, and all, as far as I know, were asymptomatic. With this in mind, and these exceptionally low numbers, it can be safe to assume that reopening to vaccinated travellers can be done safe and in an orderly way. As Thailand is not a COVID-free country anymore, and indeed Phuket is far from COVID-free, we are not putting local people in danger. The greatest danger of COVID infections in Thailand is from Thai citizens infecting Thai citizens. In my humble opinion, and I'm sure we will debate this in the comment section down below. The way to reopen is to require a RT-PCR test, no older than 72 hours before your flight, along with being fully vaccinated. And that's it. With just those two criteria, I believe Thailand can open the doors to international tourism and kickstart this battered economy. No more COEs, SHA plus hotels and transportation, multiple PCR tests, and an expensive insurance hanging over your head. I also believe with knowing what we know, this can start ASAP. The Phuket Sandbox has served its purpose and now it's time to rejoin the rest of the tourism world and open up. And let me tell you, we are far, far behind the rest of the world right now. Now, another idea to help tourism once we start to reopen is to extend the 30-day visa waiver program to 60 days and try to encourage people to spend longer in the kingdom. Spending longer in the kingdom means spending more money. Stop trying to make money out of these tourists by making them trek to immigration, line up, photocopy a ton of pages and then charge them 1,900 Thai baht for a 30-day extension. Just give it to them. The same applies to the single entry tourist visa. Many countries issue a 90-day tourist visa, but for some reason Thailand only issues a 60-day tourist visa. Why? Well, it seems like it's a money-making racket for Thai immigration. And yes, for an additional 1,900 Thai baht, you can get another 30-day extension. You just need to trek down and try find a local immigration office. Wouldn't it be in the country's interest in promoting tourism through practical solutions to issues that affect travellers? Finding immigration offices can be difficult depending on where you are, and sometimes it can take half the day depending on what type of officer you may get. I'm sure some of you know what I'm talking about. Thailand also needs to eliminate the dual pricing that takes place throughout this country. Tourists are not stupid. Most can read and understand what one price in the Thai language means and the other higher price in the English language means. And the price difference is normally quite big. For example, some price differences can be tenfold at a national park. Or did you know that when you go on an excursion, for example, there is a Thai price and a foreign price? These kind of things do not need to exist in Thailand and can be easily dealt with by legislation. The government needs to act on these kind of things. 
Thailand also needs to learn lessons from this pandemic, though it seems Phuket has not. Thailand cannot afford to just rely solely on international travel anymore. It needs to have a broad mix of both international and domestic to survive. Putting all your eggs in one basket has been its downfall, though as I said, Phuket hasn't learned this lesson yet. The governor's fuck you to the rest of the country will come back to haunt him and Phuket in the future, and that is something I will definitely guarantee. At the end of the day, Thailand is in disrepair. The economy is going down the tube. People are losing hope. And the only way for things to get better is for the country to reopen and start welcoming international travellers and putting money back in local people's pockets. Real money, not this fake sandbox and this Hua Hin recharge and the charming Chiang Mai models. None of that is interesting to anyone because it involves invasive swab tests, quarantine and everything that is anti-tourism. The only way for this country to move forward is to ensure that the arrivals are all vaccinated and have been COVID negative before they arrive. And that's it. Get the doors open to the country, like every other country around Europe and the United States are doing, and start feeding the people of this country and giving them back a quality of life. So I ask you, my subscribers, my listeners, what do you think about all of this right now? When you hear the government constantly changing everything and trying to be a little bit tricky with the words do you even believe that it will open this year personally myself i'm starting to think it's going to be next year and the way they're talking it's going to be these weird sealed routes only that only attract a handful of people what do you think the future of tourism in thailand and in general the world will be i'd love to know your opinions and comments down below in the comments section Next up, people warned not to spray ethyl alcohol on food in an attempt to kill COVID-19. The Thai Food and Drug Administration is warning people not to spray ethyl alcohol directly onto their food in the misbelief that the substance can kill the COVID-19 virus. Ethyl alcohol, used in the manufacture of sanitizer gels among other things, is colorless in its original form, highly inflammable and is capable of killing pathogens but it is not suitable for human consumption. According to the Thai FDA, there are different grades of alcohol, including food-grade alcohol, which is used in the food processing industry, especially in the production of raw materials, or used as a food ingredient in very small amounts, with the exception of alcoholic drinks. Osarang Tirawat, a food standards expert at the TFDA, said that food-grade alcohol must meet the standards set by the Joint FAO World Health Organization Expert Committee on Food Adjectives. Food producers, which have to use the food-grade ethyl alcohol as solvent, must also meet the JECFA standard and register with the TFDA, she said, adding that the TFDA does not permit the use of ethyl alcohol to kill germs in food. She also said that there has never been a single case of COVID-19 infection contracted from contaminated food and the virus can easily be killed by heating it to 56 degrees Celsius for 30 minutes. The normal heat used to cook rice is easily enough to kill the virus, she added. Food preparation areas and other hard surfaces can be wiped out with a disinfectant containing chlorine, chloroform or 70% alcohol to keep them free of pathogens like the COVID-19 virus. It's interesting that they actually have to issue a warning to people not to do that. But it's amazing the stuff you find out on the internet these days and the kind of stuff people post. We always need to be careful of the kind of stuff we share. Or not us, I mean, I think most of us would never share something like that. But there are people who do do it. Have you heard of anything like this? Love to know your comments down below.
And finally, Phuket News. Since the last show, Phuket reported 200 new COVID infections. Two were from the Sandbox program, the rest were from community transmission. We had 279 international arrivals yesterday through the Sandbox scheme, all tested negative for COVID on arrival. They arrived on two Singapore airline flights and one LL. 200 travellers tested negative for COVID during their second test with one testing positive, while there was no reported infections on tests carried out on the third time. Since the 1st of July, 23,945 travellers have availed of the Sandbox programme. Now another news. Portor Festival underway in Phuket town. The annual Portor Festival is celebrated this year without street possessions to protect people from COVID-19. The festival started on August 20th and will last until August 28th. The Portor Festival, also known as the Hungry Ghost Festival, is held in the seventh lunar month in the Chinese calendar, which is believed to be when the gates of hell open and spirits are allowed to wander the earth and revisit homes. During the festival, people bring food and decorated fruits to offer to the gods of the demons, Portor Kong, for him to pass along to the spirits. An essential offering for the festival is red turtle-shaped cake called Anku, which comes in various sizes and are made from wheat flour and sugar. Turtles, to many Chinese, symbolize longevity, yet there will be no street paradise this year because of the COVID-19 situation. Next up, German man found dead in Patong. A 41-year-old German man is believed to have committed suicide after his body was found dead with a gun in hand and a bullet hole in his head lying on the floor of a hotel room on Ratutit 200 P Road in Patong yesterday. And just quickly to say rest in peace to the man who tragically looks like took his own life. And finally, Phuket Recovery Fund sought as 80% of island businesses fight to survive. The Phuket Tourism Council president has appealed to the government to set up a 5 billion baht recovery fund for Phuket businesses without cash flow and mirrored in debt so they can start operating again in order to help support the Phuket Sandbox scheme. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.